It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite podcasts, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure to follow me on Twitter, where every Friday I'm going to want your participation for our weekly Friday mailbag. So get into those questions by adding me at Julian Council or DMing me at Julian Council. Of course, barring that Twitter stays online, as apparently there's been issues with Facebook and Instagram. Honestly, good riddance. Facebook sucks. Instagram's also terrible. Let's just move on with our lives. We don't need social media for every single thing in our life. Either way, let's move on. Talk Carolina Panthers. Let's be honest. The Carolina Panthers got their butt kicked on Sunday against the Cowboys. 36-28. Yeah, it was only an eight-point game. They came back. They showed heart. They didn't quit. First half, they led 14-13 at the half, came out in the third quarter, and did what the Carolina Panthers have done during the Matt Rule era. Last season, terrible coming out of the half. This season, outside of the Houston game, terrible coming out of the half. What is the issue? I'm not quite sure. You can't really pinpoint one thing. On Sunday, it was the offensive line, which we'll get to here in a moment, as Matt Rule spoke to the media on Monday afternoon about the issues across the offensive line. Also, the defense wasn't as good as they had been in the first three weeks. They're still a good unit. They're not an elite unit just yet, going up against a Cowboys offense that was humming, particularly in the run game where they had 245 yards rushing, which is 200 yards more than what the Carolina Panthers on average had been giving up through the first three games of the season, averaging 45 yards per game on the ground for their opponent. So it wasn't a great afternoon. And you can certainly be encouraged that this team didn't pack it in and quit after going down by 22. You also have to recognize that a lot of what happened there in the fourth quarter was Dallas Cowboys pretty much taking their foot off the gas and letting the Carolina Panthers go down the field and score. Now, of course, it's not like they were actually just saying, hey, go ahead, score a touchdown. We don't care. But the Cowboys weren't putting out their best effort. Exhibit A, Trayvon Diggs, who had two interceptions on Sam Darnold in the third quarter, both leading the Cowboy touchdowns and basically ending the game. He sat out the fourth quarter because of like load management, player management. That's what they were calling it for the second year corner out of Alabama, who's been fantastic to start off the season for Dallas and one of the young stars in the NFL through the first four weeks of this 2021 NFL season. They sat him out. His replacement in one of those drives where Carolina ended up, ended up scoring should have intercepted Sam Darnold. So Sam should have thrown three picks on Sunday. He only threw 
two, which is okay, better than three. Either way, one of the touchdown drives that a lot of people are like, well, look, Sam Darnold threw a touchdown and he had 300 yards again. It's like, well, he should have never even had the opportunity to go down there and score a touchdown and have 300 yards because he should have been picked off in that moment in time. But the Cowboys decided that they were going to rest their key player and also, I don't know, the corner, I guess, has butterfingers and couldn't hold on to the football. And that's not to trash Sam Darnold or the Panthers' effort. I appreciate that they didn't pack it in. I appreciate they continued to fight, and they went out there, and they made it a respectable scoreline. At the end of the day, they got dominated on the offensive line in terms of the line of scrimmage, and they got dominated on the defensive line in terms of the line of scrimmage. The only time they ever touched Dak Prescott was the first play of the game where Jermaine Carter should have had the sack, but Dak was able to get out the ball to Ezekiel Elliott, and that was kind of the story of the day was that Dak Prescott wasn't touched. Zeke was able to make play after play as the Cowboys dominated Panthers on the, on the ground. So it is what it is. They lost. The Panthers are 3-1. and one. They're still tied at top of the NFC South division with the Buccaneers winning on Sunday Night Football and Tom Brady's return to New England. If you hadn't heard, Tom Brady used to play for the Patriots, and he went back there and played for the first time as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. It was a big deal that they talked about all week long across the NFL national media. Glad that's over with. And glad that the Carolina Panthers were able to see what it's like to face off against one of the top teams in the NFC. I don't know what the Cowboys ceiling is. I'm not sitting here saying they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, but they should win that division. Taylor Heineke had a nice moment for him going back to his home area in the Atlanta area yesterday. And I'm taping this on Monday, but on Sunday and winning that game, good for him. Washington's not going to win the division with him. They're not going to win the division with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's never been to the playoffs and led a team to anything of consequence. The Giants, they got the win against the Saints, which drops New Orleans to 2-2, two and two, a game behind Carolina and Tampa Bay, respectively, at the top of the NFC South, which is great. The Giants aren't a good team. They're not going to win that division. And then the Eagles, who the Panthers face on Sunday, they're not going to win that division. So that's a team that's going to the playoffs in the Dallas Cowboys. That's a team that has a fantastic offense. And it's also an offense that you're likely not going to see of that caliber until the second half of the season. So let's see how the Carolina Panthers respond over the next couple weeks after being humbled for the first time all season. We're not going to make excuses at all. The Jets, not a good football team. They beat the Titans, a team that's been in the playoffs the last two years. That's probably the favorite to win the AFC South. Panthers had no problems with the New York Jets week one. I get it. It was a home game, but they had no issues with them. The Saints, who at 2-2, I don't really know what to make of this team. There was all the excuses of why New Orleans lost that game. Carolina dominated it. And then week three against the Texans, the Panthers again controlled that game. A great performance from Sam Darnold in the second half. Yesterday, I don't want to hear any excuses about, oh, they didn't have J.C. Horn, they didn't have such and such. Because a lot of y'all were like, oh, well, the Saints, you know, I don't. it doesn't matter what they didn't have, no excuses. We can't do this. You can't turn around and have it both ways where you don't like the fact that people are trying to make excuses for New Orleans and then throw out excuses for the Carolina Panthers. It's a war of attrition, week-to-week league. You have no idea who's going to be available. You have to make the most of what you have out there each single every single week. And the Carolina Panthers, unfortunately, on Sunday, just didn't get the job done in Dallas. Now, does that mean they're frauds? Absolutely not. There's still so much for this team to accomplish moving forward. The next two games, and not even just the next two games, the next games ahead are absolutely winnable for the Carolina Panthers. You had back-to-back road games that you just played after having the seat starting the season out with two straight home games. Now you have the Eagles at home on Sunday who played Kansas City tough, but the Kansas City Chiefs have a terrible defense and Carolina, I think, should be able to play well against Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense. Now, a defensive line that Philadelphia has is pretty good, but they're out with Brandon Graham's out for the season, one of their emotional, spiritual leaders of that team. Minnesota, good offense, was held to seven points at home on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. 
Those two games, both at home, the Panthers, I think are probably going to be favored. I think they probably are. I haven't checked the, the Eagles line, but they should be favored. And you would think that they'd win those two games. They win those two games. They're back to five and one before going on the road to face the Giants and then the Falcons. Are you concerned about either one of those football teams? No, you shouldn't be. Yeah, I get it. Historically, at Atlanta, the Panthers don't play well. Also, looking at it, that game's on Halloween. Good things don't typically happen to good football teams on Halloween. So maybe the Panthers lay an egg down there in Atlanta, but hopefully not. Worst case scenario over the next four weeks, the Panthers are like three and one in that, which then what that makes them six and two for the season. I think we all would take six and two through the first eight weeks, basically the first half of the season before the calendar turns to November and you see New England who played a fantastic game against Tampa Bay, even though they lost at Arizona, who's off to a 4-0 start. The Washington football team quarterback situation, I don't like it at all, even if Fitzmagic is there. Defensively, they haven't been what a lot of people thought they'd be this year. Miami's looked terrible so far this season. That's still a road game. Then Atlanta again, and of course the final four games at Buffalo, home against Tampa, at New Orleans, and then at Tampa Bay. Get to 6-2, and two, position yourself in a way that you have room for error or margin for error in the second half of the season, and the Panthers, like I've been saying, should be right there in position to potentially go to the playoffs. I didn't think going to the season that they would be a playoff team. A lot of what I saw yesterday in terms of the offensive line play and Sam Darnold's decision-making there in the third quarter, and of course... Matt Rule's decision to kick the 54-yard field goal, which he claims was blocked. I haven't seen enough of a replay to really know whether it's blocked or not. But either way, you don't have a reliable kicker. So not a reliable kicker in crucial moments, which can flip the field and give the Cowboys a short field, which they capitalized on. Not having a good offensive line and a quarterback who has shown throughout his career that he's susceptible to making bad decisions. And for the most part, Sam Darnold's taking care of the football. But if you go back to the week three game against Houston on the road, he's very fortunate that those two strip sacks that he had and those two fumbles didn't end up in the Texans' hands because then we could be having a different conversation in terms of Sam Darnold and how well he's protecting the football. Blame the offensive line all you want. The guy's missed some. He's got to anticipate throws better. He can't hold onto the football as long knowing what he has in front of him, and he's got to make better decisions. But for the most part, I've loved what he's brought to the team in terms of um, his arm, his athleticism, He's been a fantastic red zone threat. Never thought that would be the case when the Panthers brought in Sam Darnold to be their starting quarterback for this season and then maybe even beyond. So seeing how the Carolina Panthers respond from here on out will tell us just how good this team really can be. The Dallas Cowboys was really the first true test of the season. We thought maybe it'd be week two against New Orleans. The circumstances didn't allow it. And the Panthers also played a fantastic game. They played a great half in the first half against Dallas. And in the third quarter in the second half, didn't really play well. But, you know, dims the break sometimes, you bounce back, you play an Eagles team on Sunday that you can certainly beat, an Eagles team that I think will come out here and actually give the Carolina Panthers a game. But a game I think the Carolina Panthers should win, moving to 4-1 and one, and probably keeping them in top, atop of the NFC South, whether Tampa wins next Sunday or not. So you can be upset about Sunday, but you really shouldn't be. This team's in a great position. It's still a rebuild. I know a lot of us want to go to the playoffs. Getting off to a 3-0 start certainly drums up a lot of the excitement and the possibilities of what this season could be. And I'm not telling you not to still believe that because that's certainly on the table. We'll just take it week to week and see how this team progresses, especially over the next four weeks as they have an excellent opportunity to really stack up some wins heading into the second half of the schedule where they should be playing some of the better teams in the National Football League and that will really determine whether they're playing key football games in December and January and then hopefully, you know, if everything goes right in February. 
Matt Rule spoke to the media on Monday addressing some of the concerns that we all have with the offensive line as they were just awful on Sunday afternoon. We'll look at what he had to say, and we'll also look at some of the uh, the inside numbers from Pro Football Focus. There was a tweet that made absolutely no sense, but when you look at the passing grades in terms of pass blocking grades for the offensive line, not encouraging. Can this issue be fixed? I'm not quite sure. And honestly, it's not I'm not quite sure. I don't think it's going to be fixed, which is not great for the Carolina Panthers moving forward throughout the rest of the 2021 season. We'll get into all that here in just a moment. We're back in better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. The Panthers' offensive line's terrible. We'll just be honest. Aside from Taylor Moten, they're not a good unit. It's not news. We all knew this coming to the season. It was going to be an issue. There was a lot of confusion on my part and on a lot of y'all's part and pretty much anyone who follows this team in the decision for the Carolina Panthers to go out there and to sign Cam Irving and Pat Elfline as priority signings in free agency. The first two signings in free agency were those two guys. Two of the worst Two of the bottom five offensive linemen over the last three seasons in the National Football League, according to Pro Football Focus. Now, Pro Football Focus isn't the gospel, but they do do a lot of tracking in terms of how these guys play. And there's not really a lot of websites that track how offensive linemen play and grade them. It's them and football outsiders. And outside of that, I don't think it's really anybody else. You can look at the All-22. You can try and watch for yourself. You don't really need the numbers to know that both of those guys aren't great options for the Carolina Panthers. But they really are... In a way, the only option, kind of, if you look at the Carolina Panthers. Again, on Sunday, Sam Darnold was sacked five times in the game. Not all of them you can attribute to him. He's got to get rid of the football at points in time. But also, the offensive line allowed 15 pressures. John Miller and Cam Irving combined for 11 of the 15 pressures allowed, which ain't great. 
John Miller, who apparently, according to Matt Rule, is dealing with a shoulder issue, and Cam Irving's also banged up, so just built-in excuses for why they struggle. But Irving wasn't good yesterday at all, going against Randy Gregory, who's kind of having another career uh, resurgence down there in Dallas. Now that Demarcus Lawrence is out for a couple weeks with that broken foot, he was fantastic on Sunday. You go back to the first drive of the game where the Panthers went on a three and out. Sam Darnold getting sacked by Randy Gregory, going right up the middle on Matt Paradis. Matt Paradis was not good. And according to Pro Football Focus, Matt Paradis was one of the uh, top five graded Panthers overall in their game against the Dallas Cowboys, which I don't quite understand how that's possible considering how he and the entire offensive line unit played. But when you look at actually their pass blocking grades, the only guys that even played well in terms of they're having an 80-plus pass blocking grade were Dennis Daly and, of course, Taylor Moten. Daly had an 85.7 grade, while Moten had an 82.7 grade in 44 pass blocking snaps. Each of those guys allowed one pressure. John Miller had a grade of 53.3 in the same amount, 44 pass blocking snaps, one sack allowed, five pressures allowed. Cam Irving, 58.5, one sack allowed, six pressures allowed. Matt Paradis, 63, gave up one sack. Not great. The interior of the offensive line has been a concern. Now, seeing how Dennis Daly performed and Taylor Moten performed, you might feel fine about those guys moving forward. But you have to wonder, at what point in time does Matt Rule look at it and say, we've got to make some changes with the offensive line? Because this ain't working with Miller, with Irving, with Paradis. And here's the thing, too. With Matt Paradis, the only guy who's going to step in for him to be a starting center for the Carolina Panthers is, is Pat Elfline. Do you want that to happen? I certainly don't, and you shouldn't. Outside of that, it's Sam Tecklenburg. Do you really want Tecklenburg County out there trying to block for Sam Darnold as a third option at center? You don't want that. So Matt Paradis getting benched, that ain't going to happen. Obviously, Taylor Moten's not going to get benched. He's their high-paid star, and he's also playing well. Dennis Daly, for the most part, he's had his issues, but he played well on Sunday, according to Pro Football Focus, in terms of his pass-blocking grade. None of these guys um, did a great job blocking the run game well, but either way, it's not that big of a deal in terms of what we're really talking about is protecting the passer and Sam Darnold and giving him an opportunity to actually have success. But John Miller, Cam Irving, Particularly John Miller, you got to look at a at a different kind of option out there for the Carolina Panthers. Seriously, Matt Rule spoke to the media on Monday, and he was talking about the offensive line and some of the issues that he had, saying, we look at everything in terms of personnel. I don't think we're a quick fix operation. We'll always say, hey, are the best guys playing? But at the same time, no matter who's playing, are they using the right technique? Are they improving? Are we giving them all the tools they need to be successful? We made some adjustments in that game that I think helped us. So I'm anxious to see where we are this week. I think a lot of it comes down to who's healthy when we get Thursday to Wednesday, excuse me. Those guys, while it's not always perfect, they're playing hard for us while they're banged up. I appreciate the way they're playing. We'll see what we do moving forward this week. We see who's healthy, see who's available, and take full stock of where, we're at, where we are. So again, he's talked about how Cam Irving and John Miller, who has a shoulder issue, were dealing of injuries on Sunday, and apparently that's what affected their play, even though even if they were healthy, I have a hard time believing that either one of those guys would have really played out of their minds against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. I just, I don't know. Paradis is not getting benched, like I said. Moten's got to stay in there. Daly can stay in there. But at what point in time do we see Brady Christensen or Deontay Brown? And I like when he said, and, I, and I, what stands out to me, not, not that I like what he said here, but when he said we're not a quick fix operation, the way to build a football team, as we know, the best way to do it is via the draft. Look at the Carolina Panthers defense. 
over the last two years, the amount of defensive draft picks that they had. Of course, the first year with Matt Rule, all seven of their draft picks were defensive line, were defensive players. Last year, they had an option to take a quarterback, decided not to with Sam Darnold, and they took J.C. Horn, the first defensive player off the board in the draft. And in a trade for C.J. Henderson, who was a first-round pick a year ago, they want, they've been trying to get him since before this past year's draft. So you got two first-round corners from the past two seasons. you got a first-round defensive tackle in Derrick Brown. Of course, Brian Burns, who's pre-the Fitterer rule regime, as we know, he's out there. Dante Jackson. But they've, they've spent a lot of time over the last two years bringing in defensive players. Now what they need to do is bring in more offensive players, particularly on the offensive line. This is why I was banging the drum to draft an offensive tackle. Rashawn Slater, who was a left tackle who's available at eight, has played pretty well in protecting Justin Herbert, who played behind a bad offensive line last year with the Los Angeles Chargers. He's having a lot of success again this season now that they have actually brought guys to put in front of him to protect him. This is why I was not all that gung-ho about finding a quarterback. Because what's the point? Look, Justin Fields is in Chicago, and the Bears' offensive line is terrible. People spent the whole last week talking about, oh, you got to take Fields out. You don't want him to get hurt. But all I've ever heard is, oh, you got to get that quarterback. got to get a quarterback. got to get a quarterback. What's the point if the offensive line can't block for him? And Ness, again, the sacks aren't always an offensive line stat. The quarterback has to do better. The coaching staff has to do better. I understand it's a complete concerted effort, but either way, no matter how you boil it down, the offensive line here in Carolina is an issue and has remained an issue from the Rivera regime to now under Matt Rule and Scott Fitter, and it has to be fixed. You can go out there in free agency and try and spend money on some certain players. The Chiefs certainly went out there and did that this past season, and it's worked out for the most part for them so far. You can do trades if that works out for you to have the capital. But you spend a lot of capital on bringing Sam Donald here, on trading for other players to come to Carolina like C.J. Henderson. So it's not like they really have that many draft picks available. And Scott Fitter, as we saw this past year, who sought out to get more draft picks going into the draft, and he came out with 11, I think he'll do the same thing. But how many high-quality picks can he get to fix the situation here in Carolina? Cam Irving's not a long-term option at left tackle. Pat Elfline... Is not a long-term option at left guard, nor should he be at center. And at right guard, of course, John Miller's not a long-term option. So maybe Dennis Daly might be the long-term fit at left guard. That's where he's more natural at. And then you have right, right tackle Taylor Moten. So then you got three other spots you got to figure out. Okay, is Brady Christensen a left tackle? The coaching staff doesn't certainly believe that's the case. And do you really want to move Taylor Moten? I don't think they want to do that. So they got to find a true left tackle. You got Deontay Brown out there. Is I mean, he's probably not a center. He's probably a guard. So either him or Christensen is going to play guard. Then that's going to leave one of them always being on the bench. And I would assume that probably be Brown considering he's a six-round pick. But, you know, you have to have depth, which is good. And the Carolina Panthers need to be able to build that. They have now waived Michael Jordan, who I know the jokes are now, they're gone, unfortunately. Sorry, folks. The jokes about Michael Jordan, who they claimed alpha waivers, he's no longer on the roster, which is okay. So the Carolina Panthers no longer have that option at guard. He was supposed to be a developmental guy, and apparently they didn't see enough development over the last couple weeks and are not as concerned as all of us in terms of, you know, giving him an opportunity. Like, at, at some point in time, they're going to give Brady Christensen or Deontay Brown an opportunity to go out there and play. I don't believe the Carolina Panthers coaching staff is hiding them or not hiding them is just as choosing to not put them out there. It's just just being a willful ignorance and saying like, oh, I'm not going to put them out there. They are obviously not ready. 
I'm ready to see them. You're ready to see them. I'm sick and tired of bad offensive line play here in Carolina. I honestly am way more concerned about, like, that's what I care about. Fix the, the trenches. You fix it so far defensively, I've, even though the running issue on Sunday is something we've seen the last couple of years, and that's a concern because it's not like there's that much bulk outside of Deontay, uh, Derek Brown and Daquan Jones. Yeah, you got Bravion Rule and you got Davion Nixon, but like it's not like you have the biggest linebackers in the NFL. And the guys, too, like Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns are going to be able to stop the run consistently. So that is kind of a concern to have there. But on the offensive line, that's my major concern on this team. Again, that's why I was saying get an offensive tackle. Get offensive linemen. Don't wait till the third round to go get somebody. Don't do that. Don't wait. Go get those players and build on the, in the trenches. That's where you win football games. I know everyone's obsessed with the quarterback. The quarterback is why a team wins or loses, according to folks, even though it's pretty simple why teams win and lose football games. The reason why the Carolina Panthers lost yesterday, they got their butt kicked on the offensive line and the defensive lines. They lost at the line of scrimmage. Defensively, I think they got things figured out for the most part. As I mentioned, my concerns just a moment ago. Offensively, though, outside of Moten and probably Irving, they have a lot of question marks on this offensive line, and I don't see how any of those get fixed this season. At all. That's an issue. You want to be a playoff team? You want to be a Super Bowl contender? It's going to take building on the offensive line, which is why I didn't think going into the season this would be a playoff team because of this exact reason. There's going to be better teams out there the rest of the way that you're going to see that are going to bring pressure. And there might be teams like the Eagles that you think you should beat and the Giants you think you should beat and the Falcons you think you should beat. But if they get after you and you can't block anybody, going to be very hard to win football games moving forward for the Carolina Panthers if this remains an issue. And there was all the talk in Monday's press conference about this being a copycat league and, you know, teams finding a way to go out there and disrupt the Carolina Panthers defensively in terms of um, running the football down their throat and the same thing offensively in terms of getting after the passer. We've seen week one, Jets made adjustments. Week two, Saints made adjustments. Week four, uh, towards the end of that second quarter, Greg Olson was saying on the broadcast, Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, ex-Falcons coach, he made adjustments. He started sending the dogs, and when the dogs came out in the second half of that third quarter, the Carolina Panthers had no answer, led to two turnovers, ball game. It's an issue. I have no idea how it gets fixed. Hopefully, they'll develop, develop these guys throughout the rest of the season, and they'll get an opportunity. I don't want to see injuries be the reason why guys get to step up, but it's a problem. Matt Rule knows it's a problem. He can say whatever he wants to the media. He's got to evaluate you know, how they look in practice and all that kind of stuff, who's healthy, whether they're healthy or not. Irving, Miller, Paradis, none of these guys are the answer. All right, we'll take a closer look, too, at some of the stats from Sunday's game here in just a moment. Sam Darnold, his splits, first half and second half throughout the season, have been pretty interesting. I was looking at those on Pro Football Reference. I think a lot of that obviously has to do with the offensive line and also some updates on Christian McCaffrey, Hassan Reddick, and looking even further ahead to Sunday's matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get to that here in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto chain parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand or warehouse happens to carry? Your computers have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Sam Darnold's been really good so far this season in the first half, which is awesome, super positive. The second half has been a little bit of a different story, especially the third quarter. Looking at Pro Football Focus when they were doing their grades of the offensive line in every position group for the Carolina Panthers uh, following Sunday's loss to the Dallas Cowboys down there at Jerry's World, they broke down Sam Darnold's first half and second half in terms of his passing grade, completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, and passer rating. His passing grade in the first half was 74 while in the second half, it was 27. Completion percentage in the first half, 75%. Second half, 56%. Passing yards in the first half, 114. We can't forget he had the two rushing touchdowns. And in the second half, it was 187, which got him over 300 yards for the third straight time this season. The first time in Panthers history, a quarterback has thrown for 300-plus yards in back-to-back-to-back games. He also had two touchdowns in the first half, two in the second half, both basically in garbage time as the Carolina Panthers didn't throw in the towel, and they actually came back and made it a respectable scoreline and gave the defense an opportunity to get out the field and get the ball back, even though I never thought that was going to be a possibility considering how Dallas controlled the defensive, the offense, the line of scrimmage all day long and ran down that defense throat for 245 yards. Darn also threw two interceptions, as we know, there in the third quarter in that second half. Passer rating of 94.3 in the first half and then 79.4 in the second half. And this has kind of been a trend. He's played, and we talk about it, third quarters have been an issue for the Carolina Panthers. It's been a trend for Sam Darnold so far this season that he's actually played really well in the first half, but in the second half, things have just not gone his way. So far this season, in the first half, he's completing 74% of his passes for 723 yards, three touchdowns as a passer rating of 115.5, which is fantastic. In the second half, he's only completing 60% of his 60% of his passes, excuse me, can't even talk right now, for 466 yards. Two touchdowns, three interceptions. His passer rating is 72.3. And if you look even deeper at the splits for him, his third quarter, he's completing 43% of his passes in the third quarter for 164 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, and a 21.4 passer rating. Sam Darnold has been brutal in the third quarter. And a lot of that has to do with, of course, the protection as he's been sacked three times in the, the third quarter of the season, which actually, if you look at the first quarter, only one sack this season. Second quarter, five sacks. Third quarter, three sacks. Fourth quarter, two sacks. So it's not even just pressure, but it is the adjustments being made at halftime. Or for whatever reason, Joe Brady and the offensive staff are not being able to figure out what adjustments might be made by the defense and being able to fix those afterwards. Like, it's taking them into the fourth quarter. So you go to the splits for Sam Darnold in the fourth quarter. He's completing 73% of his passes for 302 yards, 
He has two touchdowns, and his pass rating is 114.1. This is actually, this is insane. First, second, third, fourth quarter. These are the splits for Sam Darnold so far this season. First quarter, complete 72% of his passes, 308 yards, one touchdown, pass rating 111.7. Second quarter, completion percentage 75%, 415 yards passing, two touchdowns, pass rating of 118.3. Again, third quarter. 43% 43% completion percentage, zero touchdowns, three picks, rating at 21.4. While fourth quarter, completion percentage, 73%, 302 yards, two touchdowns, pass rating of 114.1. What is going on? At the, that, like, what is going on at halftime to where the Panthers are not prepared for whatever adjustments are being made? Because Sam Darnold, first, second, third, fourth, fourth, first, second, and fourth quarter, He's fantastic. Third quarter, he's terrible. That is wild, and I'm I'm not blaming him. I'm just looking at it. It's just a symptom of the of a larger issue for the Carolina Panthers. I cannot believe that. Now looking at it, like that is wrecking his entire second half. It's literally one quarter that is plaguing Darnold. That's plaguing the entire Carolina Panthers. That's got to be fixed. So I, that was something that just stood out to me that I, I was honestly shocked by when I watched it this season. Um, so when I when I looked at just the the stats by half from Pro Football Focus, did a deeper dive at ProFootballReference.com. So that's that's uh, that's unbelievable, honestly. Um, a few more updates uh, from Matt Rule on Monday. He said a few guys got MRIs this week. Shaq Thompson had an issue with his foot that occurred on Sunday, which prompted the Panthers to waive Michael Jordan from the active roster and sign Kamal Martin, their linebacker from the practice squad to the active roster. He was drafted in the fifth round last season by the Green Bay Packers, started six games for them, but of course was waived by the Packers. Now he's here in Carolina. Panthers are going to need some sort of depth back there. Shaq and Jermaine Carter have played a ton of snaps at linebacker. Mainly Shaq has barely come off the field all season long. I don't think really he's come off the field until the injury that he suffered there on Sunday um, during that game. So he had an MRI. Also, there was an issue with Hassan Reddick. In that game in the first half, that wasn't being reported, but he apparently suffered a stinger. He told the media that on Monday. McCaffrey, who's dealing with the hamstring, missed the second half, of course, of the game on Thursday night against the Houston Texans. And then week four on Sunday, missed the entire game against the Cowboys. He's not placed on, on IR because the Panthers are hoping to get him back before a three-week period. Potentially he could play on Sunday. Matt Rule said he'll practice on Wednesday, and then they'll see where they're at from there. So we'll see. Chuba Hubbard wasn't bad on Sunday, but Rodney Smith really stood out to me in terms of as a receiving back. Chuba's just not a good receiving back. Maybe Rodney Smith might get more snaps on Sunday instead of Royce Freeman. If Chuba can be the running back, kind of the, the main runner, and then Rodney Smith can be that pass that a passing down back. So, you know, we'll see how they do it. They can do it by committee. They're gonna have to. Chris McCaffrey is not available for the game on Sunday. So there was a few updates for the Carolina Panthers. From Monday, it's Matt Rule's press conference and all the other press conferences as uh, Jermaine Carter, Hassan Reddick, spoke to the media on Monday, following the Panthers' 36-28 to loss to the Dallas Cowboys. And they have the Eagles again coming up here on Sunday. Once again, this concludes another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the season and off season, so pretty much every Friday, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. So go ahead and at me or DM me again at 
Julian Council on Twitter. Want to thank y'all once again. It pretty much keeps happening. Last week, again, was the best week we've ever had in terms of downloads and listens here on the Locked On Panthers podcast since I took over. You guys are doing a fantastic job of supporting the podcast, listening, telling whoever you know about it. I appreciate all of y'all for doing that. We might not always agree on everything that we talk about here on the show, and sometimes we might not always disagree. You might love what I say. You might hate what I say, but I appreciate you either way. As that kind of rhymes for listening to the show and supporting the show. And I'm seriously, it means a lot to me. I love talking Carolina Panthers with y'all and getting to do this on a daily basis, especially now the season's going on. Want this team to do well. Want the offensive line issues to get fixed. Want Sam Darnold to prove me wrong and become the franchise quarterback. We'll see what's going to happen throughout the rest of the season. But please continue to stay right here with me on the Locked on Panthers podcast. Have a great night, great day. Whenever you listen to this, I will talk to y'all on Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.